Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, your host and chief monkey, and this is the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Join me as I talk to some of the community's most successful and inspirational members to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, Howie shares his story as an immigrant moving to the United States when he was just 15 years old. Learn how he picked up English so fast, how he did so well in high school, how he became the first member of his family to, to attend college, how a back office internship at a bank opened his eyes to investment banking, and how he ended up landing that first investment banking internship. We hear about how he converted the internship into a full-time offer and his risky approach that paid off during private equity recruiting. Enjoy. Okay, Howie, thanks so much for joining the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. So it'd be awesome if you could just give the listeners a short summary of your bio. Yeah, of course. Uh, happy to. So I was born and raised in, in uh, Southeast Asia. I immigrated to the States with my family when I was in high school. I uh, went to college um, in the Rocky Mountain area. I did a variety of different internships in college. Accidentally, I like to say that, accidentally discovered investment banking. Um, and then decided that it would be a good job, at least out of college. Um, so after that, successfully landed investment banking, um, an investment banking job, and then spent more than a year there. And now I'm transitioning to a PE associate role at the upper middle market firm. Very cool. Perfect. So let's start all the way back at kind of, well, even before you moved to the States, what was the thought process where your parents like, hey, we, you know, why move to the States? What was the thought process? Obviously, yeah, choosing school, you didn't have target school versus non-target <laughs> on your mind, probably when you were, I don't know, what was it, uh, 18, 18 years old? Tell me yeah, a little bit 15. about 15. Yeah, so that's, that, that's when you moved. So tell me like what, what, you know, um, did you move out to the kind of Midwest area, Rocky Mountains, or did you, um, you know, did they settle there? Is that, you know, for a certain reason? I'd love to hear more. Yeah, it was more of a, a family reunion type of immigration. Um, so, you know, just my parents decided to uh, move to the States to um, you know, just join my family that were already or are still already here in the Rocky Mountain area. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, when I first moved, obviously I didn't get a choice of like which state I want to move to. Um, it was totally up to my parents and my family. And uh, uh, so it's just, you know, my luck, I, I like to say it, I got landed to a Rocky Mountain state and um, went to high school there, uh, public high school. So went to public college as well. Um, and I think my thought process there for the college was, I mean, really, I um, I am first person in my family to go to college. Um, and you know, my parents, I didn't really go to college either. So it was a lot of like navigating um, you know, the college process, higher education on my own, and definitely got lucky to be able to just find a lot of mentors um, when I was in high school. And they helped me with you know the college application process. Um, 
And then, yeah, and then <laughs> at that point, I didn't really know about like the Ivy League. Obviously, didn't know about like the target, non-target schools, anything like that. Even even in your junior like high school year, you didn't know about this. Yeah, I didn't know. I mean, I knew obviously I knew about like Harvard and Yale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, their 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 names are internationally recognized. Yeah, uh, but not like you know the Penn, Wharton, or you know like the the NYU schools of the world at all. Um, so. I mean, you, cause you did pretty well in high school, right? Like you were a top student and stuff. And, uh, was, was English a, um, like, tell me about that. Like just, was English a second language? Yeah. English was my uh, second language. I didn't speak much when I first got here. I mean, I was able to like introduce myself and say what my name is, but was not able to have, like, have a conversation, anything like that. Um, and that's at 15 years old. Yeah, 15. Oh, a long way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so got real lucky there. And, you know, I got paired up with some excellent um, English and second language teachers mm-hmm. uh, who I'm still in touch with until today. Um, they taught me like my first, very first English words. And, um, you know, and, and that's kind of really got the momentum going. Very cool. And so how were you able to do so well in school, in high school with English as a second language? Yeah, I think I just, uh, I mean, I realized, I thought, you know, I, were you studying all night? Were you studying yeah, I did put in a lot of hours just studying like new English words. And like I would, I remember I would put like stickies of new English words on like my fridge or like on my desk, anything like that. And I, I made a promise to myself that I would at least learn new, uh, five new English words every day. Um, I did that for like, you know, six months or so. Um, and yeah, I mean, with a bit of luck as well, I can say I can have a lot of support um, in, in, not only from my parents, but also from my um, high school teachers. Um, mm-hmm. And that got me going. And, uh, and yeah, and when it came to college application time, I just thought, oh, I'm the you know, only son in the family as well. Um, and, you, you what? Know, Sorry, what with the family? I'm, I'm, I'm the only son in the family. Only son, yeah. What did your, parent, what did your parents do uh, when they came out, when they came here? Yeah, so my mom, um, she is um, a tailor. Um, so mm-hmm. she helps, you know, just making like designing clothing for, for the community. Okay. So, so fast forward, you kind of start applying to colleges. It was just one college. You applied to a bunch of colleges. What was the thought process? Was it automatic entry? Cause you did well in high school kind of thing. Yeah, I think I applied to obviously applied to, um, you know, to, to, to Harvard and Yale, the world and got a couple of interviews. Um, ultimately decided that, you know, the cost would be a lot to attend those colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, you know, I, when I, by the time I applied to college, I had only been to the state for about maybe more than a year. So my application was still treated as an international student. Uh, so I was still, I would be paying, you know, like a hundred grand a year just wow. to attend those school. Right. Um, so not really something that my family could afford at a time, not even until now. Um, I didn't know that. So when you apply, you have to be in the States for how many years typically before? They five start? years to be treated as a, oh. as, a, as a resident. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Five years. Okay. So, okay. So you're applying to schools. You're thinking cost matters. Um, do these public uh, universities charge as much for international or more for international as well? Uh, more for international as well. So, but just not as expensive, obviously. Is the yeah, yeah. 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 How much were you paying uh, per year? So, yeah, for my college, I actually got um, enough scholarships to go there for free. Nice. Oh, um, yeah. So, like, not one big full-ride scholarship. I got, like, multiple ones that added up, and that helped with the, the cost of attending. Very cool. And so, tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, why the business, why did you start going to the business school there? When was, 
finance on the mind and how did you accidentally learn about investment banking? Hopefully, uh, I wonder if it's Wall Street Oasis, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, tell me a little bit about how that happened. Yeah, no, no, Wall Street Oasis definitely made an, uh, an appearance um, when I, uh, you know, when I got to my sophomore junior year. But yeah, I think the reason why I decided to study finance or business in college um, is I think, you know, coming from my original country, we you know, have a different economic system. Um, and, you know, I've always been curious about like how, you know, the economic system, like the market works in the U.S., right? I didn't even know that, you know, like one, co one company could acquire another company when I got here. And that was like literally a foreign concept to me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the different economic systems have always been fascinated about that and just decided to study um, that subject just to, just really just a point of interest. And obviously, as an immigrant, you know, my parents would not let me to study one major. Um, so I decided to. Um, so my economics was my top choice. And, um, you know, decided to, to pick up finance as well, just because. And um, so, yeah, I um, started in college. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, for a while, I thought, you know, I would want to go to law school one day because, you know, I did debate in high school, uh, you know, uh, and then probably saw too many legal dramas um like movies so <laughs> it said okay maybe i'll look into law school yeah and um yeah so i spent a summer working at uh um like an investment bank um in the back office um doing like legal work compliance work for them uh -huh. and that's was when i discovered okay i don't want to go to law school become a lawyer because <laughs> i met a lot of unhappy lawyers at the firm yeah and also that's how i discovered like investment banking as well because you know just, just being my, just being around it or being near yeah it. just being around them and then my role was to like you know preparing a like, paperwork and documents for the investment bankers firm. so that that legal internship kind of back office internship that was what sophomore summer that was like freshman that was freshman summer. Oh, that's really yeah. good. So how did you even get that? I mean, it sounds like, I mean, it was, it was the office close by that type of thing. Yeah, office close by. The office was literally just like maybe like 10 minutes drive away from But campus. a freshman summer internship is super hard to come by. So how, how should all other freshmen go about it? Did you talk to people? How did you even land it? Yeah. So they actually, they uh, recruited pretty heavily on campus. Um, mm -hmm. So they went to, um, um, you know, we, we, they went to our classes, they introduced themselves and like they have like, on-campus recruiting events and things like that so yeah their, their presence they make sure their presence are known yeah on, and so did campus. you have to interview for it yeah i did i did and how was that i'm sure it was very much like hey why hey yeah it was pretty uh pretty i i was i don't i mean looking back now i think i definitely showed up unprepared yeah um uh, and you know i they, i mean they asked me why i want to do this and I just thought, okay, I, I you know, I, I like the brand name and, you know, I'm a hard worker. I'm going to work hard and, you know, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. I think that's like probably all you have to say to get it. It's probably all you have to say to get a freshman summer internship. Well, maybe not any, maybe not nowadays, but so, okay. But maybe for back office, it was a little bit easier. They were just looking for, for people to kind of that work hard, like you said, and just be yeah. diligent. So you come in there, you say, okay, legal is not for me. Um, oh, what's this investment banking thing? And then you hear it's hard to get into. Oh, you want it even more now. So going into sophomore year, at least it's freshman summer, you learn about it. Yeah. You go sophomore year, what's your plan? What do, what do you do differently? You're, you're now kind of doing finance major and economics, but what else? What else are you doing? Yeah, yeah. So that's, you know, after the, the freshman internship, I realized that, okay, this is something I want to seriously look into. Yeah. And that's when I also realized <laughs> Um, I had a rude awakening that my school is not really, you know, under the radar for a lot of investment banks. Um, 
So I started reaching out to, you know, a couple of um, senior guys or alums who had successfully landed investment banking jobs um, from from my school. And there was, you know, in our best year, we would land maybe like five people in investment banking, right? From Across a pretty big class, right? Yeah, yeah. We had, you know, maybe like a thousand people in the business school every year. We would land like five. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, four and a half of them would be in San Francisco or California, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, one other person would be like in New York or something like that. Um, yeah. So I reached out to them and, and to my school's credit too, and to their credit, um, they, you know, the majority of them responded and was really willing to help me and, you know, just show me what they did to, to get the internship offer to start out. And um, they tell you just network like crazy, just network like crazy, treat it like a full time job uh, yeah. in addition to your school load. Yeah. So I did that. Um, so I just made a plan. I would talk to at least, you know, three or four new people um, every week, every week. So how many people did you have to reach out to to get three to four people on the phone? Oh, I think I, by the time I got an offer, uh, the investment banking offer, I think I looked back into the number. I think my response rate was about pretty high, actually, 30%. Roughly. You mean people, 30% of the people reached that, that you reached out to responded? Yeah, so responded. I assume you're using mostly LinkedIn for this? Yeah, LinkedIn, um, like, you know, alumni network, handshake, um, directory, whatever. handshake, whatever I can get my hands on. Yeah, and so... If you're getting a 30% response rate, you're only having to email about 10 people a week. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, that's great. And so was that including follow-ups? Like when you said, hey, you'd reach out, try to make a connection. Was it over? Would you try to get their emails and bring it to email and then do like a follow-up a week later if they hadn't responded? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like cold email them, like, you know, a lot of times I wish their secretary or like, you know, their... Yeah. You know, the, the whoever and they were helping them with like you what know, did you say calls. in the email just had do you remember like the basics just to give people some guidance because that 30 percent response rate is super high yeah yeah and i think by the end or by the time i got an internship i looked back i talked to maybe 80 people in total wow you got on the phone with 80 people yeah and that's yeah. from sophomore beginning of sophomore year till when to um and a sophomore year that's when i got me because they recruited pretty early that year remember yeah um yeah yeah so everyone listening that means he emailed probably about 800 people no sorry no more like uh what did that be 200 240 around 250 people yeah yeah that's a crazy high close rate to actually talking to that many people so i'd love to hear what you did because usually i tell people to expect five to ten percent max and that's with that's with a good follow-up yeah, well, I think for me, and I want to give a lot of credits to the people that respond as well. I think in my message first, you know, if they if they have any sort of connections with me, if I went to, um, you know, my school or went to another school in the area that is, you know, kind of um, a finance juggernaut, um, if you will. Um, so, you know, our neighborhood school, our rival school has a lot of good placements in investment banking. Okay. Um, so I reach out to them as well, right? Just say, hey, I'm also a kid from that area. Would you talk to me on the phone? Very smart. So you didn't just limit yourself to your own alum. You looked at uh, regional, regional kind of affiliation as well. You're trying to find any sort of connection to help get increase your alumni base we'll call it weak alumni yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it's like but that's why region. yeah that's yeah. Why so the regional yeah yeah and also you know i think um you know people appreciated my background you know coming to from uh, different countries and immigrant learning the you know the language and you know 
trying to navigate this whole recruiting process as well. So were you saying that in the initial email? Were you saying, hey, I just came here. I came to the States when I was 15 years old and I this is da da da. I just learned about investment making last summer. Yeah. I worked yeah. at XYZ Bulls Bracket in the operations and that's what I heard. Yeah. Cool. So you exactly. just a couple lines, boom, boom, boom. It just looked impressive. You had a high GPA. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Um, and I think, you know, you know uh, a lot of people responded to that. And I still, I'm, I'm still in touch with a lot of them. That's cool. um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, totally tell, 100% credits to them. So tell me a little bit about just, uh, did you attach the resume or not in the first thing? No, no, I didn't attach my resume. That would, that would, yeah, I, I, I feel like it would be a little bit too, too pushy. pushy. Yeah, too pushy for sure. Yeah, yeah. But then I'm sure a lot of them respond and say, hey, send your resume. Yeah, yeah. And also I, I flew myself to different cities a couple of times as well uh, on my own money just to like grab coffee with them. That's amazing. So tell me about that. Tell me about how you, so were you using something like Boomerang or Write Inbox for your emails to keep on top of it or, or a spreadsheet? What did you use? A spreadsheet. Yeah, like, like Google. Um, and then you'd say like the initial date you reached out and then you had like an alert on it or some sort of uh, conditional formatting that would yeah, pop up. Yeah, 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 exactly. Which one, so, a, condi- a conditional format? Yeah, yeah. But it was more than two weeks from the time I heard from it them. It turn red. To turn red, exactly. That's, that's the formatting I did. Okay, and then you'd reach out again. So um, you can do that or, or what I often suggest is people use something called Write Inbox or like a boomerang in, in Gmail. Now it's so easy. You just put a reminder two weeks if they haven't responded and it pops right up at the top of your inbox. Super easy nowadays. Yeah. Um, and that allows you to kind of avoid, you can take notes right in it as well. It allows you to kind of ha- have to build some massive spreadsheet. Like <laughs> it's, it, it actually is nice to have anyway, the spreadsheet, because you can always go back and you can kind of see it all in one, um, all the contacts you've built in one in one uh, fell swoop, but sorry, continue. So you basically were going through all this and, and when, and what happened? So you started flying yourself out. How, how did you get the confidence to fly yourself out? Cause when you had like two or three coffee meetings or one? Yeah, so I think um, whenever I have maybe like two or three people that would confirm a meeting or like would be willing to grab coffee with me in the city, I would just book a flight there. And when I'm actually in the city, you know, after talking with those three people that have been able to confirm, um, to confirm, I would reach out to all the folks that I have talked to, have whatever sort of connections with in the city, and literally just, you know, I would just be in the lobby of the bank that I want to work for and just say, hey, like I'm literally in the bank sloppy right now would you just spend five minutes with me to talk you know just whatever i just want to meet you and you know just grab coffee with you and this was in san francisco new york is that the two cities san francisco uh los angeles uh and new york yeah and you were able to build up enough connections there where you had anywhere between three to ten people to meet so would you like book a return trip already or would you leave it open-ended and just would you do like a round trip, like for two days in the middle of the week? Yeah, round trip. Yeah, round trip. So how I many would, days? Uh, like full two days, or and kind of. So I would head out. Usually, I would head out. Because um, like, like the the reason I'm asking this because the logistics of this for like a co- most college kids is super overwhelming. Of like, when do you actually book the trip? You know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry about my daughter. My two no, 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 totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> she has something very important to too. Yeah, she has something very exciting to tell me. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. Sorry. So like, uh, basically, it would be like the, the logistics of it. So you're in sophomore year, you're do, taking classes. Tell me how you get confident enough to be like, Hey, I'm okay. Now I'm ready to go to San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, San Francisco um, and Los Angeles would be easy for me because you no, know, that's, that's pretty close to my state. Yeah. So that would take me like an hour and a half, not even two hours to fly there. So it's yeah. not a big issue. So California, I would just fly out like Wednesday afternoon 
And I spent Thursday and Friday, Saturday and Sunday there, and then fly back Sunday night or something like that. Um, oh, so you would do weekend as well? Weekend meetings yeah, sometimes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so smart, I mean, only to the people I know somewhat decently well, because I try not it's to It's smart because you get two weekdays for people who don't want to spend time with you on the weekend. You get two weekends for the people who don't want to do it during the work week. You probably get more of the young crowd on the weekends yeah, yeah. that don't have family exactly, you get the exactly. for the yeah that's yeah, really smart okay so you did that for for three different cities yeah um and tell me how those coffee chats went were there any that ended up being like the reason you feel like you got uh, an internship yeah i think um i talked to a fair amount of them and you know how i think the how i eventually got an offer was i met with a alum um in new york and then he introduced me to another um, friend of his that he went to business school with in the city. Um, and then I talked to that person on the phone as well. And then that person introduced me to another friend of his who um, was currently working at the bank that I ended up getting an offer at. So that was you know, the person that introduced me, pushed my resume through it all was my fifth degree connection or something. Fifth degree, uh, yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so I, you know, and after talk to them, I talked to that person, and like next week or so, I heard, um, you know, I got an email from HR to say, hey, we want to schedule, you know, a first round with you, and and it was just what over the phone at this point. Yeah, I was I was over the phone at that point. Let's talk through that. So that intern, that were you super nervous? Was this like your first real first round interview, or did you have some others that fight as well? I, yeah, I think it was like on paper was my first round interview because I mean, I, I interviewed with other banks before and I kind of talked to a couple of associates at other banks and it just fizzled out like the conversation um, and they didn't really have like, I guess like they also came from a non-target school uh, like myself. That's how I found them in the first place. I didn't have enough pull to pull me in. Um, you feel, aren't there usually like super days though for like non-targets or something? Yeah, yeah. But, but didn't you, they help you get into that or no? So they, they I mean, at least from what I heard, they couldn't because you need to have at least like a VP or both a kind of, you know, voucher to pull your, pull your yeah. non-target resume through the door. Um, and then, yeah, so I um, did have a couple kind of non-official interviews with other banks, but that was, you know, the, that was the, the, I guess, the first official interview. That Either way, it was good practice, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And so, as you kind of started doing some more of these trips and these calls and these kind of informal, informal interviews, um, did you start kind of repping and practicing the technical questions and getting ready, or like, what's the like, what was your thought process kind of leading up into into the summer internship? Kind of, you had that first run interview, and then like, were you ready already ready? Yeah, I think so because I had my first round back in I think in March of that spring. Yeah, uh, of, of my sophomore year and. By by that time, I had been prepping continuously since you know my freshman summer internship. People are going to be listening to this and stress out just hearing how much work you put in. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good because no, no, it's actually good because people. A lot of people say they want it and they come in. And they think, but then to hear the the step by all the steps that you took to kind of land it um, is is really kind of eye opening. So you're basically kind of going through all of this. Um, you do that, you obviously pass that first phone interview. And then what happens? They fly out for a super day. Yeah. So they flew me out to, like you said, a non-target super day. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, I um, spent a day interviewing there. Um, 
Yes. Uh, so the first round was all technical questions. Mm -hmm. um, so did a paper LBO and then a paper acquisition illusion model. Mm -hmm. Passed with that round. So my bank, the, the bank did a pretty interesting um, way of interviewing people. They so they would pull us out, had a first round technical interview, mm -hmm. and then they would ask you to like stick around, right? If you pass that technical round, they would invite you back for two more rounds of, I guess, um, you know, behavioral slash. Um, so were like half the kids cut. Uh, right yeah, yeah, and they had no idea what was going on, right? So a bunch of us would be sitting in a coffee shop right next to the bank, just like and you didn't know who was cut or whatever. yeah, we didn't know what was going on. There was no process, like in a place. Squid Games kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, so like whenever like you know somebody's phone popped up, like everybody was started looking nervous because like oh is that person getting called back into the bank for another round interview or just right. like just you know their parents are calling whatever is going on. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So you got called back in. Got called or, back in. And then was it more behavioral the second and third round kind of thing? Yeah. More behavioral, less like paper LBO stuff, more like my understanding of the market and like stocks and mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, what's going on in the news, things like that. And why I want to do investment banking. And at that point, you know, I knew I had my answers down to like to the teeth. Right. So, yeah. Um, so those last two rounds were somewhat easier for me to handle yeah did you feel like your delivery was good i, I think so i think um you had you were genuinely like very interested in it so it wasn't hard to convey yeah it. well because like i i had to really you know find my way into investment banking and like yeah. find my own resources and study materials and study interviews so yeah. it was not just like a, a couple walk down to the career services center and apply and submit a resume you could apply for if you needed the financial aid we have a financial aid program for all those people right now <laughs> for our, our ib interview course <laughs> a little plug there yeah yeah no no i wish i wish you know i you know i i knew about that when i was like interviewing because i had to like really take you know senior guys and the junior guys in in my you know from my school out for lunch just to like so they can send me their like lbo resources and yeah. materials and all that stuff yeah that's cool man well so you're kind of getting through and then so tell me about like the final round there's like okay leave or like what do they say okay thanks bye you can go home now yeah so they, they told me yeah <laughs> yeah they tell you right away you got it no 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 so did the two rounds and then they said oh you know it's nice to meet you we'll be in touch and then you know I was on my way to the airport to fly back home and then you know right when i just entered the subway they called me to hey man like yeah, we we, yeah, we like you. We want to give you an offer for some internship. Awesome. And so you said yes right away? <laughs> yeah. So I, I said, okay, that's pretty cool. I still want to talk to my parents. Uh, just can you give me like a couple of days or so? And, you know, obviously coming from a non-target school, they, you know, you don't have a lot of leverage. So they just say, oh, okay, can you, that was, you know, I got the offer on a Friday. Yeah. And they told me to get back to them on Tuesday, Wednesday. So like, okay. You, you're that that's actually wow i would have been said like yes i take it right is it because the location like just being far away from was that the concern yeah so i think uh <laughs> i mean you know uh i still thought i could do a little bit better <laughs> you know i like the bank but obviously you know it's not like the, the, you know i, I just i thought i'm maybe okay you had read too much wall street oasis and thought hey I yeah have, <laughs> i have to get a lead boutique <laughs> or bold bracket bank <laughs> yeah 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 so i just go definitely going for the bullish bracket there and you know and then i well, started at that point to, you didn't have time right and so yeah yeah 
Yeah, and I talked to my mentors as well, and they said, okay, is, is this a good place to go to? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty up and coming, um, yeah. and, you know, um, it's in New York City. Um, it's pretty easy to network with people. So that's yeah. a lot. That's what a lot of mentors told me, so I decided to take the offer. Great. So you take it, you kind of get through. Um, so what are you doing your your sophomore? Is this for a sophomore? So what are you doing sophomore summer then? Yeah, so I'm going uh, so so I got the um you got the, the junior summer offer. That's right. Before I go before, before you I had your <laughs> sophomore summer. Okay. So before I, I I went to my sophomore internship. So I got my sophomore internship um in January of that year. Um mm-hmm. and I got, you know, the, the junior internship in April of that year. Yeah. And so yeah, it's so weird. But okay, so tell me about the the sophomore summer around you know, what did you do? Was it just on campus recruiting? What what was that? So that was, um, so I thought that in order to position myself as a strong candidate, I want to have also another great brand name on the resume. And obviously, you know, the, the company I ended up interning at, they, you know, Fortune 500, um, yeah, for, Fortune 5 even um, yeah. company. So, you know, a lot of people know about the company and I thought I wanted to like work in their Cope Dev um, team as well, just to we are able to understand like what it looks like, you know, from the investment banking's customer's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I got the offer for the semi-internship for my sophomore year. And then, yeah, I mean, and then two months after that, I got, I got um, yeah, the, the junior uh, investment banking semi-internship as well. So, so I you just, have to go do this other kind of uh, internship in, you know, whatever. Corporate, corporate finance, debt. yeah. Corporate finance, which is totally different, but you know you kind of want to do banking yeah. at this point. So was it tough to do all the work there or was it was it okay? You know, I had a great time. Um, yeah. I think, you know, in high school, I'm, I'm I'm glad I did it because, you know, corporate finance, you know, it's pretty chill. Yeah. Um, pretty nine to five, really. I mean, you know, my 40 boss. 40 hour weeks. Yeah. Yeah. My boss would yell at me if he sees me in the office past like 530. Like he would tell me to go home. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay, it was so a new you, city as well. So I had a good time. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you're kind of going through there. You come in junior year, you keeping your GPA, you already have your junior summer. So any prep kind of thinking towards, Hey, after this junior summer internship, maybe I can lateral or leverage a full-time offer into another offer? Or, you know, were you just thinking, hey, I need to be prepped for this uh, junior summer banking internship? What was the thought process going into it? Yeah, I think for me, I just wanted to focus more on getting a return offer yeah. uh, from, a, from a junior internship. Um, and that was that. Um, and then I thought, okay, maybe if I want to lateral to maybe, a, you know, a bigger bank, then I can decide after that. Um, and then honestly, I spent a summer internship there and I really liked the people I got to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty strong M&A focused platform. Yeah. And, you know, we, I get, you know, all the interns got to work as generalists as well. Yeah. So nice. I got to work with like many different industries. So you don't get I really like that platform. You don't get pigeonholed. Yeah. I liked that like, a lot. Yeah. Were you, what, what would you say in terms of like pitching? Were you pitching like half the time, 20% of the time? Oh, maybe like 65% of the time as interns. Um, yeah. Oh, as interns. Yeah. Okay. So, but then, so then you're kind of getting through the summer. What was it like? 70 hour weeks, hundred hour weeks. What was it? Oh, it was pretty bad. That summer was pretty rough. Um, yeah. So like, um, I would say 75, 80 hours a week on average. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, it was everything that I heard about yeah. and more. Right. So and then when you live it, it's different, right? <laughs> yeah. It was really cool. Like I honestly, I was, I, I had a, 
great time just to like, I kept hearing about the word investment banking and investment bankers and all that stuff. And that's somewhere I was there, right? Just like being able to see everything that I worked so much for. So that was really cool. And so what were your, what was your thought as you went through the summer thinking, oh man, this is, this is a crazy work hours. Were you thinking, oh, I can't do this. Or are you thinking I can do this? Oh, I, thought I, I thought I could definitely do that. I, I think, can do it. Uh, yeah. And, and so halfway through the summer, did they like give you a review or did, how did you know you were going to get an offer? Yeah. So they did uh, a midterm, um, you know, halfway through a summer review and you know, there was nothing that raised the red flag. So they were just, okay, yeah, we like you keep doing the good work. And then, yeah, I mean, I heard about me getting a return off for maybe a week in advance. So, um, yeah. And so you get the return offer. Do you accept on the spot at this point? Or what do you think? No, you, you know, no. Yeah, so tell me about this. Tell me about this. <laughs> so Tom, yeah, I would need, you know, another, you know, a couple of days or so to decide. And then um, at that point, I thought, okay, maybe I'll try to see if I can go directly to the buy side. Um, yeah. And I, at that point, I thought that if I want to do investment banking, I'll go back to this firm because I really like the people that I got to work with. Yeah. Um, but if not investment banking, now I'll try my best to do, to go straight to the buy side. Yeah. Um, and I and you're talking buy, so you're talking private equity specifically. Private equity, private equity, straight up trying yep. to get a private not, equity. Not hedge, fund, not hedge fund or anything like that. Yeah, because I didn't know what hedge fund yeah. was at the time. Or <laughs> <laughs> okay. venture capital or anything like that. Just like, you know, uh, just I was still learning along the way. Yeah, I know. I mean, you're still an intern. So, okay. So you're kind of coming through here. And so, I mean, I'm looking at the timing. This was summer of 2019. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at the timing. You you know, you probably there weren't that many analyst programs, private equity. Yeah, there was not a lot. Well, there were some, but it was starting to grow. But um, yeah. so tell me about how you even went about that. So I just reached out to um, a couple of people that I had known during my networking yeah. uh, period. And yeah, it just really didn't work out because they had so few spots mm-hmm. and, you know, they, it's, it would be almost impossible to get me in for even just an interview because, you know, they would be looking at, you know, the Warden kids and yeah. the Harvard and MIT kids or Stanford kids. So, um, so that, you know, that, that, live, that, that dream lived for about, you know, a week and a half or so. And I just like, okay, I'll go back and, you know, do investment accept, bank. And accept, <laughs> yeah. accept your offer. Yeah. Okay. But you kind of already knew you were interested in the buy side kind of early on. Yeah. Specifically, was, was there a certain reason for that? Did you feel like, Hey, it's just kind of the path. This is the most kind of. Uh, lucrative or kind of path that's most well-worn what was your thought process on that yeah i think um i think i'd always been thinking about um becoming an investor working as an investor one day i think you know when i was in college i um worked for a student's investment fund Mm -hmm. um and i just really enjoyed that work um and just be able to like look into different companies and learn about the business models and like put your skin in the game and, you know, and see if that pays out in, you know, a couple of years versus, you know, investment banking is more like salesy, um, you know, you finish a project, you might not hear about the company, you know, for, ever, for, again. ever <laughs> again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're, so you're kind of starting, um, you finish up school. I'm sure it felt good to have the offer locked up in your senior year. It's probably a fun year. Um, yep. and then, um, Kind of as you're prepping, you, you you graduate as you're prepping for for your analyst stint. Um, anything you do beforehand? Any advice to listeners? Kind of to 
besides vacation and sleep? <laughs> oh, to get ready for investment yeah. banking? Yeah. Um, I think um, just really talk to people who are working in the industry and understand clearly the pros and the cons of the job, um, what you want to get out of it and what you're willing to trade for, for it. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people, I think, you know, in my class that started with me in investment banking, we started with, I think, 59 or 60 people in our class. 60? You said 60? Yes, like, yeah, 60 uh, yeah. people in my year, in my class in investment banking. And then seven, eight months in, we lost like 15 or 16 of them. Wow. So a good amount of people quit. Um, and obviously COVID had something to do with that too. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's not you know, it's not like, um, it's a nine to five job, obviously. And you got to understand, like, it's going to be tough times and demanding hours, but you get what you get back in return is like, you know, obviously your resume looks good and you get paid well and you get to learn a lot and work with a lot of interesting people and interesting projects. So I think that was, would be my biggest advice to anyone who's considering investment banking or who's going to investment banking is, you know, it's not, it's not a rosy walk at all. I mean, I, it was a lot of like stressful time um, when I, you know, when I was in investment banking and, you know, a lot of people that was not pleasant at all to work with. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's, 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 it's only at least maybe like a two year program. So just maybe just, you know, maybe look. So when did you down. start kind of, uh, you know, private equity recruiting was happening earlier and earlier and earlier and then COVID hit and then suddenly it was like delayed. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you kind of went into the 2020 or 2021 um, private equity recruiting. Cause I know you, you have an offer at a yeah. upper middle market fund, right? So just tell me a little bit about your thought process there in terms of like how to, how you positioned yourself coming from a, you know, not a bulge bracket or name brand as big a name brand, still a good name, yeah. but not a name brand kind of a uh, place. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I definitely, Definitely Did you just dropped. lean on your networking prowess again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think I, I talked to them a lot. I'm still in touch with, like I said, a majority of them that I talked to. Um, and that's kind of how I learned about what it, this time private equity is on a day-to-day. Yeah. And I definitely got lucky in terms of, you know, the recruiting timeline got pushed back. Um, so for my year, it got pushed back by a year, right? So I think it would have been a totally different story if it has started just, you know, right after I finished my training or something. Yeah. Um, and I still think it's pretty ridiculous to ask people <laughs> to sign a job. It's not going to start two years after. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think I got lucky there. And as I started spending more time in, in investment banking, I thought, okay, uh, this is the kind of industry I want to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, not, you know, generalist buyer. I want something more specialized. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just having more deals experience under my resume as well really helped with my story and what I want to do um, and why I want to work in investment banking. I think, um, you know, the headhunters, I think, I think they liked that. Um, they, they vouched for me and that's how I got a couple of pretty good interviews and eventually converted one. So that's awesome. Yeah. So was it during this whole, was it during a, the, the crazed weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 9-11 is when it started. Yeah, let's talk about um let's talk about that crazed weekend and what it what it looked like and how you dealt with the stress and yeah, how basically you just got called on a Friday or what what happened? Yeah, so um I think I had started putting in more hours to prep for modeling test. Um 
you know, in my during my first year in banking. So every time I have like some downtown, you know, I would spend like two or three hours just doing an LBO model from a sim or something. Uh, yeah. I would try to do that maybe at least once a week or twice a week if it's not too busy. Um, so by the time that, um, you know, I, by the time, I think like by the end of my first year summer, I started hearing about, okay, like firms might want to start um, interviewing post Labor Day because that would seem like a perfect timing for them. Um, and, you know, by that time I was, technically ready for interview. I just didn't know yet what type of firm I want to um, go for, what type of industry yeah. uh, I want to go for. Um, and then, yeah, so. You, you were in touch with recruiters at this point. Yeah. So I, th- they reached out end of summer um, yeah. and just introducing themselves. And I think, you know, neither, not, not a lot of headhunters knew or nobody knew when it's going to kick off. And then, yeah, I was I, shocked that 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 actually COVID actually delayed things. I thought they would use it as an opportunity to go early again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what I did actually was a lot of uh, smaller um, private equity firms. They actually started interviewing during my first uh, first year in investment banking. So like uh, October or even November, of my first year. So six months before wow. the official process kicked off. Yeah. So I actually, I went on, I applied to all the private equity firms that I have no intention to go work with, or work for, just to prep. Yeah. Um, so I would interview with like a lot of them and do a lot of like practice, I guess, like practice, but actually real interviews. Yeah. And that's how I got a lot of prep out and just and got you, my story. Did you get down. any offers from those? I didn't. So I went to like two super days. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, great Like all virtual. Um, but yeah. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't really, um, convert. Um, yeah, I don't, but yeah, no, that, that's really helped me get ready for sure. That's great. Why didn't you think you converted then you just had, didn't have the reps? Yeah. And then I wasn't really interested in, in the firm. You were like super I mean, passionate about yeah, it. I yeah. wasn't, yeah. I mean, there would be places in some city that I've never been to, or I have nobody there and they yeah. place a heavy premium on that as well, because, you know, yeah. they're, more boutique like PE firms. So they want yeah. people to have connections there. Cool. So you're getting some reps doing LBO modeling testing, all that stuff. Um, so then the weekend happens was is weekend of a nine 11, right? You said that's right. Yeah. And, so, and, and what happened? Yeah. So um, <laughs> I think it was a Saturday of nine 11. Um, I think Toma Pravo kicked out the process um, and I didn't get an interview from them, but I just heard from other from, from my colleagues at the bank. And then Sunday, um, you know, a lot of headhunters started calling me and say, hey, like this firm, these firms want to interview you on a Monday. But I, at that point I said, I want to go into, um, you know, different type of investing and not just general traditional buyout. I want to go into more like tech growthy mm-hmm. um, um, investing or private equity type. Um, so I told them, okay, yeah, I'm not really interested in these, these firms. You wanted to go more growth equity. Yeah, I wanted to go more. I wanted to invest in companies uh, that are growing. Um, yeah. yeah, not more, less focused on like financial engineering. Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, I turned out a couple of interviews, which was nerve wracking uh, at the time because you never know when they got to come up again. Yeah. And yeah, and I started hearing, you know, that my friends and colleagues having offers from upper middle market mega funds. And I was like, okay, I don't know if this is the right strategy to go about it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I just really just like thought of myself, yeah, I have no, 
intention of going to like even the KKR of the world, the Blackstone of the world. Why wouldn't you? Just for career, just for career trajectory, why wouldn't you? You just felt like you just didn't want to be a, in a big fund, like uh, or, or what was your thought process? Yeah, it's for me. It's more like the strategy that they they that they focus on. Uh, mm-hmm. I would go to you know like the KKR growth or Blackstone growth, but not like the traditional yeah. generous buyout in New York. I had no intention to go into those funds. Yeah. Um. um yeah. So I passed. You know, I passed on a lot of interviews, and then eventually I heard about you know the firm that I um, ended up getting an offer from, and I yeah, it was like exactly what I'm looking for. So yeah, yeah, interview. And with so them. you you interviewed with them, and you were ready. And given that it was a growth equity, more of a growth equity shop or fund that you were interviewing with, did you have to do an LBO? Yeah, I did an LBO. You did uh, model. Yeah, yeah. So they still force you to do <laughs> do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They didn't, yeah. So they give me, <laughs> so they give me a two-page sim, and they just asked me to build an LBO model blank from 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 Excel. So, and how long did they give you to do that? Uh, two and a half hours. And how long did it take you? Uh, maybe two hours. Okay. So, did you have a nice sensitivity table in there, a nice pivot table for them, and data? Yeah, showing the returns and all that. Showing the, yep, all the good stuff. Was it a, a go or a no go on the investment? Do you remember? Uh, I recommend it a go. Yes. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So you, you kind of got through all that. Tell me what, so this was like once the major recruiting had happened or this, the fund that ended up reaching out to you, was it like later in the week or what was the timeline? Uh, later, later in the week. Yeah. After all that, the, the, general all the mega funds, the traditional went. mega funds, when they reached out week after the week after and they said, Hey, we're doing around, we're doing our rounds. You said, yes, I want to do this one. So great. So then you started, what was your thought process? So like, I know you're thinking, okay, I don't want to do this mega fund, but what was your thought process of like um, having that strategy of being more focused? Do you think the recruiters appreciated that or do you think they were annoyed? You know, I think it, some recruiters were, I think I want to say they were annoyed because they just want to place me and they, I, they, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but I think, you know, I can totally understand if they thought that, okay, I'm being too picky coming from my background and my school. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, I didn't really matter much to me because, you know, yeah. like that's just going to be me putting in the hours. So might as well, you know, work investing in something that I'm excited about. Love it. Love it. Okay. Well, congratulations on the offer. That's a, that seemed like a very high risk, but high reward strategy because you're going to a fund that you're excited about. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about So just any, before we call the pod, um, any final words of wisdom? So did you, you didn't finish out your full two years, correct? Yeah. So tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about that decision and, and the thought process of kind of ending a little bit early just to have some time or, or was it, was the fun just saying, Hey, you got to come now. Yeah. They were open to, um, me starting early. And I, I knew that because they just raised a pretty big new fund just recently. Yeah. And I think for me, um, like I said, I'd always wanted to eventually get to see what work as an investor like. Um, yeah. So I thought, okay, I, so my class, the class that got hired the same time I did, what my thought process is, you know, they're not going to start for another six months, right? So they're going to start in, in, in the summer of 2022. If I, get a head start ahead of them. You know, if I start earlier, mm-hmm. they'll have like a six or seven months ahead of them. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, I thought a lot about it, but eventually decided, yeah, just let's just, let's just do this. You had to forego probably a hundred thousand dollar bonus though. Half of it. Yeah. Half of yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So that's a, it's, that's an interesting decision. I mean, interesting thought process of like, Hey, jumping early, did the bank with their hard feelings on uh, when you left or was it okay? Yeah. So, <laughs> so my bank, my team, they were pretty numb to the pain of people leaving that point. Yeah. Um, because you know, people, people were leaving left out of the 60, right. out of the 60, how many are kind of still left there? 10. So by the time that I left, there probably like maybe 40 ish people left. Well, there's still a not lot. Even that, not even there's that. It's two thirds. Lower, lower. Maybe half. Yeah. yeah, maybe half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because everybody got their first year bonus and then they just dispersed. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, no, a lot of people went to my side as well. So I think, I don't know what's up with investment banking, um, but there's just appearing to be a trend where people are starting or quitting earlier you know i know a lot of people that started their p job a year and a half in and not even two years after yeah. investment banking yeah. yeah 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 no for sure yeah there's been a lot more of the trend of people just leaving after one year get the bonus and they're done yeah um any words of wisdom kind of looking back on your path and the uh the amount of work you put in to get to where you are and a lot of people would love to be in your seat so i'd love to just you know any any final words before we call it yeah, I think um, I would say um, I, I, you know, I give this advice to, you know, kids who would now reach out to me um, on LinkedIn. And I think, you know, I would obviously, you know, you have to when you want to get the kind of job like investment banking and private equity, you have to keep networking with people and ask them for referral and things like that. But at the end of the day, um, try to get to know them as a person as well. Um, you know, if you have, you know, the time to do that, definitely try to do that because, um, you know, I think, you know, a lot of people reach out to all the folks on LinkedIn, just it's pretty cookie cutter trying to just talk to them on the phone once and they, Hey, you know, your bank is recruiting next week. Can you push for my resume? I would do that for them. I would push their resume for them. And a lot of people would, but that wouldn't build a sustainable, mm-hmm. you know, concrete relationships going forward. Yeah. There's a lot more value to building, building genuine relationships, quality relationships with a smaller subset of people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think there's a lot more to, to someone than just what they do. Um, yeah. A lot more interesting stuff about someone than just what they do. Right. So I try to ask them about like what they do for fun and things like that. And just trying to build a genuine, um, you know, relationship with them because I, you know, I, like I said before, I do appreciate people that, you know, spend a time talking with me on the phone when yeah. I was, you know, literally fresh off the boat, yeah. um, learning about finance and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, that's why we always say that the interest section of the resume is more important than people realize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Awesome. Well, Howie, thanks so much for taking the time and sharing your story. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time, Patrick. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way. Patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.